The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings once again. This is the, the latest episode of the TWBC Podcast. I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot. And in that intro, it in that uh, intro, it uh, makes mention of the movers and shakers of uh, of tournament water skiing, and one of those who is definitely one of the uh, the aforementioned uh, people is uh, the president of the uh, the International Water Skiing Wakeboard Federation, Jose Antonio Perez Briego. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you, Tony. Good, good. All right then. So you've been been on this job now since uh, since 2017. Is that correct? Yes, in September 2017. Okay. So how how has how has the uh, how has the job been? I mean, has it been everything you expected, or uh, or 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 have some things been been a little bit of a struggle? Well, uh, they were uh, very big shoes to fill with uh, having Kuno, our, our former president, which sadly just passed a, a few months back. Um, he was president for 16 years, so he it was a, a lot of things that he had going on. And uh, so it was a, a hard uh, position to fill. But I'm very happy because I, I came with a, on a platform of change and uh, change we have done, you know. And uh, so I've been really happy. I think uh, it was a little bit shocking, all the traveling, because I wanted to get to know all the regions. But in general, I think it's been great. What what uh, played against us was uh, the, the, the pandemic, you know, because basically in the last couple of years, very little has been done. Yes, uh, we'll get to the pandemic in a, in a little bit. But, I mean, you, can't, you ran on the platform of a change, uh, I mean, what, what what were the things that, in your mind, seriously needed to be addressed first? Uh, so so far as your your change platform was concerned. Well, first consider that we are not just water ski. We are eight disciplines, and obviously, you know, I come from water skiing. I'm a water skier all my life, and and uh, we tend to be very insular. But uh, right now, our federation is much bigger than that. So one of the very first things was to have more inclusion of all the other disciplines combined into everything we do. So because everybody was doing their their thing here and there. Uh, another uh, another very big issue for me across all the platforms, all, all the disciplines, was to, to, to try to encourage the councils, because we are governed by different council discipl- discipline councils, uh, to encourage the, a higher level of officials, you know. And I think uh, in Warski, we, we just saw it at this tournament here. The officiating level was superb. And it's what the skiers deserve. You know, you see these kids breaking all kinds of records, and you need to have the proper officials to recognize that. So so in other words, you, you found that the amount of red tape that was, uh, that was present in tournament water skiing or, or any of the other disciplines was something that was stifling the, the progression and growth of the sport? 
Well, no, no, not not so much red tape. I don't think we have a lot of red tape in the organization. It's very slim, but uh, it's, it's the politics, you know. Be, and this is uh, is logical where it comes from, you know. Uh, uh, for example, we have a lot of regulations to say, okay, you have to have so many officials from this region and balance that with officials from the other region so we are fair when we judge. I think we are slowly evolving to, okay, let's have the best officials and we don't care which flag are they under. No, and that's the, I think that's the goal. Okay, so uh, things have been challenging over the last couple of seasons. I mean, the, I mean uh, the, the U17 World Championships, which was supposed to happen last year, just recently happened. You, you came in and I was involved in the announcing and the webcasting and all of that kind of stuff, you know. And, you, you know... The pandemic has not left a single thing untouched in the world. Uh, kind of give us a little bit of 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 your point of view and, and on the pandemic and the challenges that uh, that were present with the sport, especially having to reschedule world championships and uh, trying to make sure that the open worlds coming up in October happen. Well, the pandemic certainly has not uh, left uh, no stone uh, unturned. No, uh, the problem, the main problem for our federation was the the, the lack of traveling, the, the lack of possibility of getting out of your country and coming back. We are still suffering that. If you saw here, we just had a couple of uh, skiers from Japan, but not nobody else from from uh, our uh, Asia region. We had uh, no one from uh, New Zealand. We have uh, uh, so 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 it's uh, uh, the 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 lockdowns are still going on very much alive, so this was a, a very challenging uh, a very challenging uh, tournament to hold because we didn't know if we would be really a true world championship. Is you know if you have a world championship with five countries, it's really a joke. You need to yeah. have representation of all the world, no? So we were very scared that that, that might not happen, but thank God uh, all of these uh, athletes and their countries pushed the envelope and were here and we had a, an amazing uh, participation from all all the regions, no? Obviously, that goes along to the question of having, having great representation from a whole host of countries. One thing that stood out, one competitor that stood out to me was the, was the Moroccan guy, Camille uh, Bamra. And... That leads to kind of the question, uh, I mean, Africa is is probably one of the least represented continents in terms of water skiing. Obviously, you're very conscious of that, but uh, but having having someone like Cam- uh, Camille or having, uh, having competitors from South Africa certainly helps in the mix. And I'm wondering uh, what initiatives are currently being put in place to kind of increase participation from uh, a heavily underserved continent. Well, uh, I think you, are, you, you, you hit the, the nail on the head on that. Uh, I think our, our weakest region is Africa. In the past, it was, it was a, a, an extension of Europe. It, originally, a few years back, it was Europe and, and Africa. That, that was the name of the region. Uh-huh. It became independent about uh, 2013. It, it was created, the independent region. It's been a slow process, the, the, the breaking up. And now we have uh, very little representation because, for example, we have uh, we only have skiers in 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 uh, Morocco, which is is a new skier. They have a, a new lake is developing, which is great news. We also have for other disciplines for cable ski, we have people from from uh, Israel, but again, Israel is considered part of Europe. And then we do have uh, representation from uh, Iran and and uh, also from. Uh, 
from uh, uh, Egypt, but not in water ski. In, in that's cable wakeboarding. So, so we do have some representation, but for water ski, it's only South Africa and and uh, and uh, basically now Morocco. And in general, uh, and Namibia as well. Yes, sorry. But in, in general, uh, Africa is not very prone to water sports. I think we have a, a, a good opportunity because uh, in uh, 2026, the, the Youth Olympics are going to be held in, uh, in Dakar, in, in Senegal. So, so we're hoping that we can push our, our sport to, to be present there. And if we are lucky enough to, to be accepted and we par can participate there, I think that would give us the, a whole exposure in, in, uh, in, in, all of the, in all of the Central African region. Now, how important was it for water skiing to kind of take the cues a little bit from the other uh, multi-sports uh, games? Because the Tokyo Olympics has just been and gone. Uh, there were, there were, was speculation leading up into this year that the, that the Tokyo Olympics should be scrapped and, every, and everything should just, should just be cancelled. And, and apparently that didn't, that didn't happen. And that encouraged a lot of other sporting federations to continue on with their plans to host their biggest world championships. Uh, it, it, was, was that the situation as far as it could see taking cues from the IOC to proceed along? Well, yes, certainly. That we were closely watching the the Olympics, and if they had been cancelled, I think we might have rethought something. What we did early this year, which this is what we have been doing all through the pandemic, it has been a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, all the the councils have been updating the rules. We're getting ready to get back on the water, if you will. So the the the, the bureau, or which is our highest governing body. Uh, of the of the federation, we used to meet a couple of times a year. I think we are in our twelfth meeting this year. So wow. so so because of Zoom and all of that, it's it's easier to get together uh, because we have representatives from each of the regions. So so to get everybody from the whole world in a single place was very hard. Now it's very easy. So so I think that has made us super fast reacting and it's it's very good because we created what we call the the uh, covid advisory board that was following each of the, the different individual championships talking to the organizers like in this case the Picos family and to the organizers in Orlando and to to each and the individual and we took the decision individually for each of the championships for example the decision was made uh, in conjunction with the Italian Federation to cancel the 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 wakeboard uh, mm -hmm. championship and, and push it for next year, uh, which was already delayed one year, so it was decided to cancel. So the wakeboard boat is happening next yeah. year. Uh, the senior wars was the same. They, they for war ski, they are they're being pushed to next year. So we did have to cancel a lot of tournaments because the conditions were simply not there. In Florida, we were lucky enough that the conditions were here to to hold the tournaments. People wanted to come here, and the environment here al allowed us to come in. So, so we were able to 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 hold the tournaments here, and we would be able to hold the tournament in in October, the the Open Worlds, also in Florida. But it, it is because it's in Florida. Yeah. If it were somewhere else, we might not be able to do it. Yeah, because in Florida right now, I mean, they don't have a mandate for masks or anything like that, and it's and and it seems to be quite open, as as opposed to a lot of other places around the world, which has restricted their travel, not only going outside 
but coming inside as well. I mean, we're talking like nations uh, that we mentioned earlier, New Zealand and Australia, right? Mm -hmm. And not just them. For example, in all of Asia, like Hong Kong, you have to have 14 days quarantine in a, in a, in a hotel designated by the government. So you're talking probably five or six thousand dollars just the hotel bill without food or anything. So, so they basically are telling you not go out because if you come back, it's going to cost you. That was the same case in Canada until a month ago. So, so restrictions are relaxing as, they, as we're progressing with vaccination, and that has enabled us to do what we're doing today. Okay, so uh, moving, uh, moving outside of, uh, of the pandemic, uh, the water skiing is actually involved in a fair few multi-sports games. I mean, obviously, the Pan American Games are coming up. They're, they're going to be in Santiago de Chile uh, coming up in... Uh, and it's it's going to be in 2023, isn't it? Too? Yes, in October. Yeah, in October. So, I mean, how important is it for the IWWF with uh, uh, participate in such uh, multi sports games? And is it looking to participate in any in anything more, such as I don't know the Commonwealth Games or any of those multi sports? Uh, we are always looking to increase our, our presence in multi sport games, and the reason is very simple. Most uh, of the national federations get financial support from their government or their Olympic committees to different degrees. But most of them get some some kind of financing from the Olympic uh, movement, if you will. So if uh, if we are not part of any multi-sport games, we wouldn't get any financing. So, so a lot of our federations depend on the support that they get because they participate and they bring medals to their countries in, in, in multi-sport games. In, in, in America, in the American continent, we're very lucky because we have tons of multi-sport games. We have the Pan-American Games, which are the largest, but we have the Central and Caribbean Games. We have the South American Games. The Odyssey Games. The Odyssey, which are the South American Games. Then we have the Odyssey Beach Games, <laughs> and now we're having in the junior Panams, and now we have also the Bolivarian Games, which is a combination of South American games. So there's a lot of possibilities for all of the Latin countries to get financing, and to a lesser degree for, for Mexico, U.S., and Canada, but they're still there. And in Europe, we have the, 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 the European Games, which we are not part of. We, we're tr trying to get in there, but we are a part of the Mediterranean Games and the Mediterranean Beach Games. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that, again, gives um, opportunity to have uh, resources for the, all the nations around the Mediterranean in, in in Asia is exactly the same. We are part of the South uh, uh, South uh, East Asia Games and Beach Games, so the Sea Games, and and uh, so that helps a lot of our variation. So I think it's critical. Just in the last Panam Games, uh, we had a, 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 a they they voted. You know, the, the organizers voted for who was the best athlete across the board on of, of all sports for the Panam Games. Pato Font, which was the gold winner in tricks at the Panam Games in Lima, was selected by the whole athlete bodies, the press wow. corps and all of that, as the best, uh, the best athlete of all the games. So, so that puts him, and obviously us by extension, uh, us as a sport, I mean, in the forefront because he made first page news all across America. No? So that's, 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 uh, that's, uh, that's uh, a big push for the sport. And I think those things are the things that are making me happy that I see the, the new generation bigger and better. There are more athletes and better athletes. No? 
Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, and, and I mean, I, meant, I mentioned some of the other games, the Commonwealth games, they're kind of, kind of a little bit more restrictive so far as the, their, their sports in the traditional sense. I mean, so far as participating in those kinds of games, I mean, you are kind of at the, I wouldn't say at the mercy of the actual organizational uh, structure uh, the, like PASO or IOC or, or any other uh, sub-federation, that kind of stuff. But typically how flexible has, has water skiing been to kind of shape, uh, shape their, their respective events to work alongside such organizations as PASO or SIA? Well, it's, it's, uh, we've been lucky with PASO, which now is called uh, Panam Sports, that they have hold the Panam Games in places where we have amazing installations, like in, in Guadalajara, we had the, the Chapala Lake. In, in Toronto, we had the, 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 the... Long Pond. The, yes, the, 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 the Toronto yeah. waterfront. And in, in Chile, in, in, in Peru, we had the, the, the... Bayama Malacos, yeah. and then in Chile we'll have the Mirandas, no? So, so, so that has been an easy thing for us to have high-end skiing in in a in a major city, no? But that's not always the case. Like for example, for the Mediterranean Games, last time it was in Patras, which is a very windy place. Mm -hmm. Is uh, so it was a, a very very challenging for condition. So, so we are always torn between being part of those games and have a high-end competitive level because usually it's not, uh, it's not it, the, the cities don't lend, you know. Like, for example, the last, uh, the first edition of the, of the Olympic uh, ANOC, which is the Association of National Olympic Committees, mm -hmm. they developed the first beach games, which was originally scheduled to be in, uh, in, in, in um, San Diego. San Diego backed off. And then it went to Qatar. It went to Qatar. We were one of the only 13, 13 uh, sports, uh, water ski and wakeboard were two of those, those 13. And, and um, I think we did an amazing job and the organizers uh, uh, lent us a, a little, like a little marina. Uh, the conditions were fairly good there. And I think we did a good job for promoting the sport. So, so, so again, we were lucky because that was an open sea place uh, where they originally want us, where they actually they, they had kite foil. So, can you imagine <laughs> water skiing along with kite foil? So, so we we found this little place, and and uh, it was a success. No, but it's always challenging. Of course, uh, the next challenge coming up is next year, uh, World Games, yes, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> which. Uh, which from what, I'm, from what I'm gathering right now is uh, coming up against it a few challenges. Uh, they're they're going to go into Oak Mountain Park, which back in the 80s used to hold pro water ski tournaments. And they're normally coming with the ramp and the installation and put the buoys in, ski the pro tournament, leave and all that kind of stuff. But uh, what the organizers are suggesting is that it moved to another part of that lake where, where, it's, where it isn't particularly conducive uh, to, to tournament water skiing. And they still have to rent a ramp from somewhere to actually make the events happen. Uh, how closely is the International Water Skiing and Wakeboard Federation working with the organizers on the ground there and possibly with USA Water Ski to make the, that event uh, something that, uh, that can be proud of? 
Well, definitely, that's very important for us because it's the first time uh, that we want to have uh, the World Games in the U.S. So, so the, U the, the World Games are much better known in other parts of the, 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 the world, especially in Europe. But in the, the, in the U.S., they are not really very well known, you know, as a, as a sports uh, games. So that would be a, a good um, exposure. We are a founding member of the of the World Games as a sport. So, so we are we are doing our best. We will have a, a proper ramp and a proper uh, slalom course there and what we are targeting is to leave those there as a legacy we are trying to convince the city to have a legacy so we can create a, a, a permanent site there that the 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 uh, state federation can can hold tournaments there the regionals or pro tour or whatever they want to hold because the venue is, is great I, I i visited uh, before the pandemic i visited there um and uh, the venue is really good. You know, there there was a question uh, because the, the the lake is kind of long, that uh, to be able to have the, a proper slalom course with uh, individual anchors, we needed to be closer to one of the ends. But that is not uh, spectator friendly. You know, so we would have great skiing and nobody would see it, and that's not the point. No. So so we are going to have uh, a, probably a four wire, a four lane. Uh, uh, scores like they mostly use in Europe but in the center so we can watch it from the beach and we can have uh, thousands of people watching it there so so that's that's the, we are working very closely with uh, with the with Mike Mosley which is our, our, our feet on the ground and on the USA water ski and obviously uh, at the world's level excellent so we're looking forward to that uh, this summer so uh a lot of a lot of changes. A lot of things are made in five year cycles. You have a, a, a lot of a lot of people within the political world kind of kind of set out a five year plan of, of action to change. I mean, what what is there more that you feel needs to happen to get it closer to your aims and desires for the International Water Ski Federation, not only for yourself but for the athletes and the officials. Well, usually it's really not a five-year cycle. It's usually a four-year cycle because uh -huh. everything is follow the the Olympic cycle. No, mm -hmm. so even my period is always a four-year period because it's, it's it follows the Olympic uh, uh, the Olympic statues. No, and and yes, a lot of changes come and go, but I think we need to have a long-term plan. You know, and the long-term plan for us is to develop uh, from the from the base. You know, uh, I think uh, uh, in the past we were more focused as you know, to be visible for the Olympics and to be visible for the multi-sport games. I think that's fine. It's perfectly good and that's a goal that we need to pursue. But we will never be able to have a sellable product, if you will, if we don't have a strong federation with strong athletes and a strong sport that is growing. Nobody is going to look for us if we are four people in one little dock somewhere. We need to be thousands. So, so we're working on that to get get the, the sport growing, not just water ski, but all the disciplines growing again. All right, then we'll, uh, we'll round up this uh, podcast uh, and uh, we thank you very, very much for taking the time uh, to talk to the TWBC podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing to, uh, to the fans of tournament water skiing and indeed everyone that, uh, that, that loves toad water sports? Well, just uh, thank you guys. You know, you, you've been, you, Tony, and, and the Warski Broadcasting Company have been uh, instrumental in of the growth and the webcast that you're putting that uh, we just saw and all the other ones that we are doing are doing a great service for us because it's the sport is growing. You know, it's not, uh, it's, it's uh, and I think we have plenty of things to show. You know, I, 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 
I am sure the worlds at uh, at uh, Jack Travers uh, Ski School in October will be also amazing. I encourage everyone, if they can, to come down or watch it over the webcast. And uh, if if they were blown away with the performances here in uh, in Cody Picos uh, uh, under 21s and under 17s, I think they will be shocked what will happen there. All right, that was Jose Antonio Perez Priego, the uh, the president of the International Water Ski and Wakeboard Federation. We uh, thank you very much indeed for participating in this podcast. And this has been the latest episode of the TWBC podcast. And until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.